check, check. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you are now tuned into chapter 58 of the Introverted Intuition Podcast. My name is Jeff. Um, usually after you hear my voice, or what you will hear after my voice in the future, you hear my two co-hosts introduce themselves, uh, but they couldn't be here today. So I got a special guest with me. Um, I'm no good at introducing people, so I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, what's good? I'm uh, Keon, uh, KT. Um, from uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah, um, here for to cook. You're, you're. Would you consider yourself a chef or just someone that cooks? Nah, not at all. I don't think I'm like there yet. I think uh, I'm just someone that enjoys cooking and someone that enjoys uh, making people feel good. Word. And uh, no one's ever sad while they're eating. Um. So this is just a standard. So if you want to come on the Introverted Intuition podcast, yeah. If you do not come. With Kate, with a, was it KT? Yeah, KT brought today. Then you're not allowed to be on because this guy brought sangria. Uh, what is this chorizo? You said yeah, it's a chorizo risotto. Chorizo risotto, and this shit is fucking banging. So if you hear me smacking my lips while eating this shit, um, I'm sorry because it's it's actually mad good, and I haven't really eaten today. Nah, enjoy, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, so we met, I think, about a month a month or two ago at the Gotham Podcast Studio. Yeah, yeah. And I asked you what the name of your podcast was, but you didn't have one. Nah, I don't have one. Like, so why were you there? <laughs> okay, so like, my thing is like, I'm like, yo, I'm really in the podcast, mm-hmm. but like, what would I make mine about? So I'm like, all right, let me get in this uh, room with a bunch of people that have their own podcast, mm-hmm. and I'll just be like, I'll just come on as a guest and cook for everybody. Mm. You know, eventually, I do want to start my own. Where I just like cook for my guests and stuff, mm-hmm. but I still haven't figured out the name where I'm gonna go, and also I don't live in like New York City, right? So it's like super difficult to find like studios with like a uh, good sound. Yeah, Gotham's not that far. It's like an hour from from where you're at, right? So right, right, right. So I guess Gotham would be a good start, and then next is getting this. The for sure, there. yeah. Right. This is my first time here, so like this is the first time in a po- like a podcast studio. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like surreal. But this isn't your first time on a podcast. No, it's my first time. Oh, like ever? Yeah. Oh, shit, we got the exclusive. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you blow up, now, I mean, this is a point of reference, this first interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, have a, you have a resume now in a podcasting game. For sure. Uh, So take me back to the beginning. Like, did you Were you cooking when you were younger? Did it, your interest lie, like, growing up? or? So, like, uh, for a long time in my life, I was, like, an only child. So my mom wasn't always home all the time, so I had to learn how to, like, make food. You know, past TV dinners, past stuff like that. Mm. So I was kind of like into cooking, and then I worked at a GNC for a while, and I got like into bodybuilding and stuff like that. And uh, from there, I wasn't allowed to like eat a lot of the meals that everyone else was making. So mm. I was making a lot of like bro foods, you know, like whack shit, like uh, like turkey, you know, chicken breast, yeah. you know, brown rice, all that whack stuff. Typical so, healthy shit. Yeah, but I was like, I don't really like this whole like. Um, this whole meathead, like, lifestyle that I was living. So I was like, yeah, I want to eat, like, regular food because that was my thing. And I was like, all these fitness pages have these bland food. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, we got to do better. You know, so I was like, I'm not the biggest dude at my job. <laughs> I'm not willing to do steroids. I like working out, but only athletically. Like calisthenics? Like... Calisthenics, like, I'd rather play sports for cardio. Like, I played soccer for a long time. Okay, went to cool. college for soccer. Um, went up to Utica. Uh, went to nationals. And then... Like, after that, I was like, all right, where do I go from here? Because mm. I'm like, do I, like, try to go professionally? And then I was like, I really like to cook, though. Mm. I was like, you know, my best bet is, like, I cook. That's like a backup plan. Like, I always have a job if I cook. Yeah. So then, you know, I took some time, and I was like, it was a dream, like, that I was, like, eventually going to, like, go to culinary school. 
Uh, what culinary school did you go to again? I went to the Culinary Institute of America. And that was, you were there for four years? Nah, like uh, like one and a half. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's super fast. It's super fast. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's crazy there. A like, year and a half and you're, you have like, what do you have, like a license or actual degree? Degree. A, a certified degree. Degree, like, yeah. And that can take you pretty much anywhere if you want, right? Yeah, you have to be nice, though. That's the thing. Like, a lot of people, when they get the degree... They kind of go into these Michelin star restaurants, these high up restaurants, hmm. you know, thinking like they're hot shit because they went to a culinary school. Right. But you're competing against like people that have been cooking for 30 years in their homeland, been cooking in kitchens for 10, 12, 20 years. Like, hmm. and you're just coming out of a two year degree thinking that you're going to be a, a line cook yeah. or a sous chef. And uh, that was like my thing. And I was like, all right, well, like, let me humble myself because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to run into these places and be like picking parsley or peeling potatoes yeah yeah and i was like all right so i'm gonna go learn learn as much as i can and i don't tell people i went to culinary school is that well why how come because i feel like people get really self-conscious when they're in the kitchen when someone that went to school like the trade oh they think they feel like less they feel yeah they feel like i'm judging them on basically how in their own kitchen so Hmm. i don't tell people you know like i just cook and then, like, if they like it, they like it, you know. Then I'll, like, if, in conversation, I'll bring it up. Gotcha. But I'm not going to walk in someone's kitchen, like, yeah, what's a culinary school, whatever, you know, like. Cause I, 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 I get you, but I feel like that's something you should own because people may ask you for advice and it may help them long term. Yeah. I, mean? I don't know. But I, I do definitely understand why you would wouldn't come right out the gate saying that. Oh, yeah, not at all. Um, so what, what's your uh, background? What's your nationality like? Where, are you, where is your family from? So my family is, like, Caribbean, okay. uh, Trinidadian, Belizean. Oh shit! Yeah. So does that like have any influence in your cooking style? Oh uh, yeah, I want to do like Caribbean food, Caribbean and Hispanic food. Uh, which do you prefer? Uh, Caribbean food. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't met, had much Caribbean food. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's like a specialty? Like like the uh, a lot main of dish? like curry goat, um, okay. jerk chicken, um, roti. I haven't um, had roti. Of course, I've had jerk chicken, but I think that's as far as it goes. Yeah, roti. Um, so ignorant of me. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> like, I feel like there's so many like layers and layers to the amount of dishes you guys can create. Yeah, yo, like I had no idea that like a majority of like Hispanic and like Jamaican dishes are like um, vegetarian. Okay, like a lot of people that are vegetarian or vegan even. Re- okay, that's surprising. You I know, it's surprising yeah. because like we kind of think like, oh, like everybody eats meat. Yeah, but like ironically, in Caribbean culture, they don't eat a lot of pork. Yeah, okay. There's not a lot of pigs in in the Caribbeans. Mm -hmm. So they eat a lot of goat. And also they see, like, pork as, like, a dirty animal. So is there a a health difference between eating a goat and pork? Because goats just Well, well, goats are more abundant, I think. And I think you can get more out of a goat. I'm not really sure, though. Hmm. But I don't know. They just, I think, I think because they just don't like pigs. Yeah. They just use, like, goats. Goats. Makes sense. Because I don't think there's any cows in Jamaica. In the Caribbean. Now that I think about it, I feel like I wouldn't. Where would you see a cow like, right. in Jamaica? Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so you started. So you didn't really get an influence or an, uh, motivation to cook when you were younger because you grew up around like TV dinners and stuff like that. Yeah. Like your mom's or whoever wasn't in the kitchen like that. No, they, she was. My mom baked like my whole entire life. Like, so my first cakes, she made them. Hmm. You know, my mom was a heavy baker. So in my house, there's so much baking stuff. And my mom made, instilled in me, because, like, we grew up in, like, a single-parent household for a while. Yeah. That, like, there's no gender roles. 
Mm. You have to survive. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to remain independent. Yeah, you have to remain independent. Yeah. I was home alone all the time. You know, like as a normal kid, I eat like fucking pop tarts any second I can. Yeah, yeah. But like what flavor though, <sighs> brown sugar. Oh, okay. No, nah, I, I thought you would say the strawberry frost is the generic flavor that people love. Yeah, those ones are straight. Yeah, but then once I got put on the, like like um, brown sugar s'mores, all those popping ones, Word. cinnamon roll, the like hot fudge sundae is my favorite. Yeah, that one's good. I wrote a poem in culinary school about a pop tart. <laughs> okay, do you remember it? No, it was like a, it was like a short story. Basically, like we had to talk. We had like personify like something, mm-hmm. and we weren't allowed to like talk about it yet until the end. Like you weren't allowed to state what it was. So you had to state everything about it. Okay. Um, state all the characteristics of it. State it as if it's a person. Mm. And at the end, that's when you release that. It was, it was the stupidest shit I ever did in my life. Like, did, you, did you pass it up? Yeah, I think I got like an A. Oh, but, word. It was, but it was the stupidest shit I ever did. Like, it made me realize, like, how did I ever get into the school? <laughs> you know, like. How were you in, in, like, high school and stuff? Like, what was your favorite subject? Uh, Gym. Gym? So yeah. you've always been, like, a physical, like, active kid? Yeah. So gym and, um,. English, mm, yeah, same. yeah. I'm really into English. Were you like a good writer or a uh, good poet? Poet, yeah. So like, I did poetry for like a little bit, cause like you know, like every traditional boy, like you get like heartbroken and you're like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> so you like <laughs> get into so you get into poetry, and uh, that was dope. That opened me up to so much. Um, I met some people uh, on this poet like group called the Stravers Row, mm. and they're big time. They like travel, so I met them. And that, like, inspired me because they're all black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, a yeah. lot of times when you see poetry, it's uh, traditionally, like, a lot of, like, uh, non-POC people. Right. So I was like, all right, like, this is different. This relates to me. Hmm. I um, I wish I always ha- I always wish, like, I had, the, like, the typical, like, heartbreak story in high school. I was so introverted and just so shy. I wouldn't even approach the girls I like. I just would let my... I would just accept my role as who I am. Like, I, I was always, like, the one that was overlooked. Yeah. And I never had that typical heartbreak story until I got older. And I never, I wish I could have transferred into like poetry because I feel like that would have helped. Yeah, it would have helped it. so much. Like, but growing up in high school, I was like super popular because like I played sports. Oh, you were the jock. Yeah, so I played like soccer and okay. my soccer team was like pretty good in like high school, you know, like states and all that stuff. So it was like a big deal. And also, like, I was only black kid on the team. So that also helps. So you went to like a mostly white school? Mostly, like, mostly white school, mostly white and Asian school. How did that make you feel? Like, did you feel like an outcast or you just feel, did you feel accepted? Yeah, you feel conflicted because, um, uh, the few black kids there, they kind of generalize you all. Hmm. So you have to fight a lot to show that you're different. But at the same time, sometimes when you show that you're different, people get very comfortable. And that's when, like, you know, a lot, a lot of black jokes. Yeah. You know, you can see the how they treat you differently rather than other black kids on the campus. The N-words with the little little shoulder nudge. Yeah, and it's, like. it's tough because, like, when you're in high school, like, you want to have friends. You know, you don't want to be so abrasive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're still figuring out, like, is this okay? Like, are they my friend? Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was a tough part for me, like, to go through. And also, like, the hardest thing that I had to realize was, like, once I graduated, like, high school, like, people's parents treated me differently. Mm. Because it's like, while you're in high school, you're a star. Everyone, Everybody tells my mom they love your kid. You're the man. Yeah, you're the man. Yeah. But at the same time, I knew that if I didn't play soccer, or if I wasn't such a good athlete, and I was just a regular black kid at the school, mm-hmm. they wouldn't nearly let me into their nice houses and have me over for dinner pick me up do all the stuff because they would they would judge me on like my character or they judge me based on what they think the other black kids are like so i had to like fight a lot and I had to be i had to excel i got to be better than everybody on the team right because it was like 
just being a friend of someone wasn't enough. So did you work as hard and train as hard to get that acceptance from their parents or just them as the other white kids? Or did you just want to be better than them and you didn't care about getting their acceptance at the end of the day? So it was like I wanted to be accepted. So like I wanted to be good. Hmm. And really the reality is like we do it all the time is like everyone gravitates towards the person that's good at their skill or their trade. Right. So it's also in a sports team. Most popular kids usually the kids that's the best. So I was like up there, like top kids. So that's kind of where I wanted to go. I was like, all right, like if I'm the best kid, like I'm scoring goals, I'm setting it up, like plays, all stuff like that. Like parents are gonna love me. Mm-hmm. You know, people are gonna want me to come over. So that's kind of where like my journey started with like um like figuring myself out, like right. figuring out like what's important, whether like acceptance or being different is important. And how do you feel today? Uh, to me, like. Being different, I kind of grew into it around when I was, like, 21. Mm. Yeah, so I'm 26. Okay. So I grew into it when I was 21 because I felt myself, like, um, doing things to appease or what I thought was cool. Or I tried to be like other people. Yeah. And, you know, I realized, like, bro, like, I don't even like the same girls that my friends like. <laughs> you know, I I spend more time, like, like chasing girls down is fun. Yeah. But it's not, like, my go-to. It's not everything in my life. Right. You know, like, staying home. Watching stupid ass YouTube videos. Yeah. Watching like gameplays that people play, like Mario Kart and shit like that. Like it's just exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. And of course, like every black kid like loves anime. Oh yeah, who doesn't? I gotta get your favorite anime. Uh, so me, I'm trying to like finish up like Naruto, just oh, the, the first one. Oh my god. But then I also like One Punch Man heavy. I- I've never seen that. Yeah, One Punch Man is like it's so short, so it's, it's like short. it's lit because it's like so much action. Yo, I fell off in Naruto when they got older. Because, yeah. you know, they do, like, fillers and stuff like that. Yeah. The fillers drag on way too long. It's too, it's too many episodes. That's kind of why, like, yeah. it's starting to stop. But, mm. like, uh, One Punch Man is fire. Right. Um, I heard uh, One Punch Man is pretty good. Dragon Ball Z is timeless. Fullman Alchemist. I heard of that. Yeah, I haven't started. There's so many I need to start. My friends tell me about them all the time. Bro, you let me know. I got the DVDs. I'll let you borrow them. Like, yeah. These like, shows... Fulman Alchemist gets really deep, like on a psychological, like phil- philosophical, phil- philosophical. I can't say yeah, philosophical. Can't say. Philosophical. Yeah, yeah, my yeah bad. I got you, bro. Yeah, uh, philosophical way. Um, and it's not that long. I like I like shows like the fifty episode cap, fifty two episode. That's like that's good for me. For sure, that's manageable. Yeah. Naruto with like four hundred plus episodes. Nah, but going back to what you were saying about like just finding yourself and being and yeah. finding that acceptance within yourself, like. I would go as far as to like around like our graduate high school 2010. Mm-hmm. Same. And uh, cool. And um, this is around the time like kind of the rappers that are popping now uh, were just coming up like Big Sean, mm-hmm. kind of Drake. I would go as far as to even emulate how they would dress. I didn't even know myself, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was just hard because I, I, before, prior to going into high school, between like sixth grade and like eighth grade, I had nothing but white friends. But when I got to high school, I was introduced to nothing but black friends. Right. And they immediately accepted me. I'd have to fight for it. Right. Um, and I, but at the same time, like I just immediately cut cut my white friends off t- because I felt so comfortable with my black friends. Right, right. I felt kind of guilty about that. Yeah. When you do, you still hang around white people today? Yo, yeah. Or do you like, hang around just black people? No, no. So like, I have like my white friends and stuff like that, and I'm like, I'm really glad that like I grew up upstate mm. because I feel like sometimes um, when you grow up in like a inner city or you grew up in a city, like you kind of your everything's so separated. Right. But at least like. I had to learn how to, like, navigate around, like, you know, like, upper middle class, like, white people. Right. So it helped me out a lot because um, it got me, like, uh, more knowledge about how they see 
like people of color mm-hmm. and like what you like how they judge you hmm. and how you have to have something you're doing in your life you know like just being a normal kid yeah like they think that you're going to end up doing something bad so you have to be doing something whether it's sports cooking you have to be going to school like yep. they see you in such a high regard so if i'm not doing anything they'll just look at me as a they'll look a at you at, yeah they'll look at you as a failure they'll look at you as like oh you're probably like going to end up being nothing you're probably going to like getting caught up in like drugs or something that's kind of how I always felt about myself. That's why I like to be as active as I can because I don't want to get caught up doing nothing. Right. But I, I didn't ever think that. I, I thought kind of that's how society perceives anyone not doing anything, not yeah. just white people. That happened to me. Like, I think the first time I ever got, like, um, the first time I got pulled over, like, because I remember it was 420 and I remember my friends, like, left a bowl in my car mm. and I got pulled over, like, like, two minutes away from my house. And, uh,. It was just so scary, like to have them like check your car and like treat you like you know, like treat you like that. Like garbage, straight up. Yeah, but at the same time, the part of the reason why it saved me is because they asked me like, "What do I? What do I do? Like, what do you do?" And I, at that point, I was going to go to Buffalo State to play soccer. Mm. So they checked the car. I didn't see any more weed. I told them like, "This is what it was. Like, there's nothing else on the car." Yeah. And then they checked the trunk, and I have all my soccer stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, that saved you. It saved me because one. It goes back to, like, representation and, like, why I think that's, like, my purpose on Earth. Because, like, one, not many black kids are playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Basketball and football are kind of taboo, you know, in mm-hmm. my area. They're taboo in the sense of, like, um, the best sports team in my area for football mm-hmm. was also, like, one of the worst schools. Most talented kids that went, like, D1, mm-hmm. it was in, like, one of the worst schools. Like, Poughkeepsie High School, like, a lot of people get bodied there. A lot of people, like, get hurt and caught up. So if I just played basketball, it's kind of just like they already see the inevitable end. Like, oh, another like black kid plays basketball like, that smokes weed. Right. So me playing soccer and me going to Spack and Kill, the school I went to, it was majority like white. It saves me a lot because now they see you in a different light because that school and not a lot of people of color go there. Mm-hmm. So also like they they kind of make an excuse for you. They're like, all right, well, this is not like a bad situation. You know, he's probably like a good kid. Yeah. Well, they know someone that went to Spack and Kill, and they know how, like, such a good school, how people, the outcome of people that come out of school. That frustrates me because they kill people who are, could be, are genuinely good kids. Fucking Trayvon Martin was killed for, for absolutely no reason, you know? And I'm sure there's other people who've been pulled over by police and sure. just in general who've just been killed, but they're perceived as a bad person. I hate how, like, basketball and football are just looked as, like, like the like it's like the look as sports as black people would play. Yeah. But I feel that's because we excel at it. Like the best players in basketball, the best player in basketball is Michael Jordan. Or, yeah. Like football, I, I don't know who the best players. I don't really follow football. Yeah. Much. Um, but soccer, I, from my perception, is a white sport. I see they assume that you're Ronaldo um, yeah. is like the main guy. Yeah. I don't know any black players. No, they assume that if you play soccer, that you're from somewhere else. Somewhere where, like, like somewhere else, like uh, whether it's uh, like you're Caribbean, yeah. uh, you're from Brazil, because there's not that many like black American soccer players that people know, except for like Freddie Adu. But Freddie Adu's parents, Freddie Adu's like first 15 year old made the MLS big deal when I was growing up. Hmm. But his family's from Ghana. Not all people know that, but he's born in the United States. You know, hmm. so going back to your white friends, um, yeah. You keep them around, obviously, because you value, value their opinion. Yeah, they're you value cool. Their energy. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. ever like have to check them sometimes when you have a debate about something? Oh, uh, about... for sure. Like, yeah, for sure. 
Definitely. How are those are those conversations easy for you? They're not easy because like, depending on how long you've been friends with them, sometimes if you change your views on how you like view things, it's tough for people like to accept because right. like you know, um, it's not difficult, but you have to be kind of like abrasive yeah. about it. Like how I do it now is like with anyone that I meet that like I, isn't a person of color, like there's a line that like I don't really let them cross. Like I kind of want to remain like, all right, like I don't know what I can and can't say around him. Yeah. That's the kind of role I want to say. But at the same time, I'm not like um, super mean about it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like really like cool about it. But at the same time, you'll never know. You'll never feel like you're so comfortable around me. Yeah. That you could just like say, say, whatever. say whatever. I'm at the point where I'm kind of jaded by my experiences. I keep, certain white people that i meet at a distance uh i move off energy at the end of the day if i just feel you're a good person i want you around as much as possible i like to have conversations with you like caleb i really like every time i see him i don't see him that often but i definitely like uh, like talking to him because he just has a good energy he's a good head on his shoulders yeah but there's certain people i've met and that i have known that i've had to just get off just get away from me because they just don't get it yeah you know i hate those the, the people that just they're just stuck in their ways they're stuck in their own opinion they don't yeah. want to listen to others and i just i just was curious if you ever had to like just cut off someone who yeah of, co- of course but at the same time like my white friends put me on to so much cool shit like granola like granola and shit like wait, 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 you didn't know about it no <laughs> yo like trail mix fire bro like, like get on the kind granola that's the kind yeah the brand. like all my white friends put me on to that like my friends took me camping i got my first salamander <laughs> and shit so like <laughs> this mad cool, yeah, yeah, yeah they do it they take me everywhere they got you know, the bread to do that yo i you how many black people you know went to lake george i don't even know exactly exactly <laughs> nobody knows fishing, though. yo lake george is fire <laughs> yo like they know all the popping camping spaces they all, black white people always got bonfires they set up the tents and all that yeah how do you even do that like they're so they're so cool yeah yeah and they drink and now that i'm older like they love wine oh okay. they love wine you know what i'm saying like they can't get enough. They love wine. They love uh, charcuterie boards with, like, sliced cheese and, like, dried salami and shit like that. They love it. That's a different... So they're, like, they're super exciting. They're so, they're so much fun. So you know it's, like a, it's like a, uh, a yin and yang. With white yeah, guys. I mean, at the same time, it's, like, you hang around people that understand your, like, your struggles in life and, like, your path in life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, not closed off to understanding someone else's type of life and no. also understanding how they see people around them because also i don't particularly like blame people for their prejudice because we're all prejudiced based on where we're living what's around you you know you know that if you're around black people and hispanic people you know black and hispanic people right if you're not you don't see any white people you kind of have this um stereotypical view of them Mm -hmm. you know but at the same time it's not your job to educate everybody but it's also it's your job to let them know how they will and how they won't refer to you for sure yeah, because so, you want to be respected at the end of the day. Of course, day. you want to be respected. And I think, damn, I lost my train of thought. I, I just I just want people about all, all, all colors around me going forward for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. I just want people who, who just understand and are aware of the things they say and how they move and just move with respect. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I don't want you being in my circle saying all this crazy shit, whatever, like uh-huh. um, white, black, Spanish, whatever. Yeah. Uh, going back to cooking, though, yeah, um, I'm curious because you mentioned earlier before we got on the mics about you look at yourself as like representation, like you represent, yeah. So like people of color in cooking, yeah. Do you look up to any chefs that aren't of color or any or slash oh, any of color? Oh yeah, shout out to Gordon Ramsay for the risotto. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my man. Uh, but yeah, growing up, like I didn't know any black chefs. 
You grew up watching Emerald, mm-hmm. Rachel Ray, Martha Stewart, Bobby Flay, Bobby Flay, all those people. So representation for me is like, all right, like we can do anything. Mm. You know, it's not always entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to play sports. You don't have to sing, but you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, you know, the reason why I say that is because like when I was uh, twenty one. My friend, like, he just, like, he died. Like, he went away to school. He um, he went, he joined a frat, and, like, the day that he was inducted, like, he, like, died somehow. We're still not really sure. But he was on his way to be a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a thing that is, like, uh, pushed. So my thing is, like, all right, I made, like, a promise that day. Like, yo, like, I'm going to do it for people, like, in my city that feel like they have to just succumb to whatever their their environment Right. So, got into culinary school, you know, got into wine, um, played soccer. Everyone pushed me to play football, basketball. I was good at them, mm-hmm. but, like, soccer was my thing. So, everything I do is about, like, representation. So, people look at me, and they're like, all right, like, he's doing it. He looked just like me. That's all we care about at the end of the day. Like, someone that looks just like you, For sure. doing whatever you want to do. Yeah, now, you're like, oh, now, now it's not so much of a, as a dream or, like, something that you can't attain. Mm-hmm. Something you can definitely attain. Nothing is out of reach. And I think this is now, I think we're now getting our credit for our talent. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we're getting that representation. We're getting that respect. <coughs> because for for so many years, I'm sorry if I cut you off. You were no, you're good. Train of thought. Um, for so many years, we've just been overlooked and we just have been overshadowed by the ones who have more representation, more money, more attention, more fame. But now I've seen this year alone so many black creatives yeah. just take life by the balls and just own our power and our, our talent. Yeah, you know I mean? like... It's beautiful and inspiring. It's dope. So you have to think about it this way. So, like, um, a lot of the things that... reason why people end up doing uh, specific trades or talents is because they feel it's the only way out. Like you basketball, know what I'm football. Basketball, football. So I listened to Joe Budden's podcast, and I heard that, like, Chance, uh, he made, like, a science program and mm-hmm. Chicago, one of the schools in Chicago. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you grow up knowing that you have a science program in your building, now your brain, you're more open to things. The reason why Neil deGrasse Tyson is a big deal is because, one, he's black, and also because he's personable. You know, also... I love that guy. Yeah, he's dope. So you have to think about it, like, the more opportunities you get people to be more than their environment, the more that they'll dream and think that they can be anything they want to be. You know, because, like, no one... Like, there's so many people that are, like, great artists mm-hmm. that should be in art school. You see how good, like... I was talking about Vine. So Vine, like, just traditionally, it wasn't supposed to be as big as it's supposed to be. Like, people made it, these creatives made it so good. Six-second Ima- videos made like, people famous. Fire, right? Imagine if you went to, like, film school. Like, do you understand, like, that would elevate more and more people. Like, if they had the opportunity to go to film school, mm-hmm. if all these YouTubers had the opportunity to, like, direct their own content, you know, all these people that are on Instagram, if they could understand that if they got a business degree, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you got to understand, like, everything... In these inner cities or places that don't really have any opportunities, they have all the skills to succeed, just they don't have the opportunities. Like, like I guess you could say, like, drug dealers and stuff like that. Right. Great business minds. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, great entrepreneurs. Yeah. So it's like, if you don't see college as an attainable thing or you don't see a degree as something that's glorified in your community, yeah. then I feel like that's how you get caught up. You know, one thing that I can say about, like, other communities, they push education a lot. Mm-hmm. We kind of push, like, your talent and whatever you do. But also in times, our talents are based on our bodies. What, so do, you, what do you mean? So, like, 
your brain is the most important thing about you. Like, the more education you have, the more you can do. Your body's going to give out. You play a sport three to nine years. After that, what do you do? That's why people always ask you, what are you going to do when sports ends? If you have more knowledge, you can do whatever. And no one knows that Shaq has a master's degree. Shaq has a doctorate. Who knew that? No one knows. Wow. But because he understands. But you know, even with his kids, he understands that like they have to get two degrees. I think what stops people mostly is like what I mentioned to you earlier. Like I had the opportunity to go to Johnson Wales. Yeah. Because of money and motivation. Yeah. If people don't have the motivation to want to work for it, then 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 it's not going to work out. Money no is always the more important thing. Yeah. No one told me I was going to go to college school. Like everything I've done, I've had to do dolo. Like I had to do it by myself. Like I got scholarships to go. Yeah. But, like, everything in my life that I want to change, I had to do it by myself. The thing is, like, everyone's not built like that. You know, people aren't built with that mentality. So what, do you have any advice for those people? So basically what you have to do is you have to, like, write down, one, what kind of what things that you value and what things you don't value hmm. about other people and about yourself. That's, like, the most important thing. Like, what things about you are important? You know, like, what can you do that's good? Because hmm. I feel like a lot of times we all, I still do it. Like, we still criticize each other about what everyone else does. We have to understand, like, what are you what's unique about you or what's specific to you like instead of trying to be the most uh attractive male ever trying to be the most uh you know attractive bachelor ever trying to be the most famous just embrace your individuality just embrace like what you got going on you know what i'm saying like and that was what i did like you know like obviously like you know breakups bring like solidarity yeah and you have a lot of time to yourself but i made a promise that like instead of just like being bitter, I was going to be, like, a better person. Hmm. And also, I was going to uplift other people. Like, I feel like a lot of times in, like, relationships and, like, in friendships, you kind of want them to stay the way they are. Yeah. But I'm cool with people growing, even outgrowing me. And it's, like, a weird thing where I have a mental timeline of how long someone's going to stay in my life. But I have no remorse about if they leave because I want them, I want to inspire them to do whatever they want to do. Right. You know, whether we're dating, whether we're cool, like, I'll never tell you can't do something. Mm. I um I have a hard time. I still struggle with comparing my journey to other people's. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I'm so confident in what, what I'm doing, especially with this podcast and this in general. I'm also a writer. Yeah. <coughs> um, I'm working on my first book now. Uh, I'm just so confident, and it took me so long to get this confidence. But now that I have it, have it I just feel like I'm so much better than other people yeah. in certain things. And I don't mean that in like like cocky way, but I just know myself, and I know what I'm good at. You have to. And... I, again, I do dial back to jump, comparing myself to other people's journeys, and it does bum me out. And it's hard to get past that sometimes because, especially when people close to you, that's what hurts the most, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm working on just dialing back and being proud of those people, yeah, you know? and accepting our our journeys are just not the same. You know? Yeah, I have friends like that people I went to high school with. That one of them works for Diddy. Uh, shout out to Jordan Hall. Oh shit, like Revolt, like or just... yeah, it works with Revolt. Oh shit, and another one of my friends, uh, Brian Beckwith, uh, BB the DP. Um, he shoots everybody's music videos. He just shot, um, I think Little Dirk's music video. He shoots everybody's. Shout out. Um, super inspiring. Like, they left where we're at. I live in a pretty small town. A lot of, like, drugs, a lot of, like, crime. Mm. Not in this, not in the sense of, like, Chicago, but definitely, like, more crime and heroin than, like, you would expect in, like, uh, the Hudson Valley. Wow. So, those two people, like, they allowed me, like, to dream and, like, see more than, like, what I know outside. Because everyone around me were getting really, like, simple jobs. You know, like, 
a lot of jobs they were just they paid good but weren't fulfilling they were working all these hours mm. and it wasn't towards a goal and i remember i wanted my life to be more than the one vacation i take a year to miami I wanted it to be more than i wanted my life to i didn't want to save up and work all these slavery's hours just to have four days of where i enjoy being here you wanted to live rather than just exist exactly hmm. and where are you at now are you, are you living yeah like it's cool so like so you have to have a ton of humility. You have to like laugh at yourself because like the fact that like I went to culinary school is like hilarious to me. <laughs> because it wasn't in your path at all. It wasn't in my passion at all. And when I was there, people were like, yo, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I just want like, you know, like cook and like, yeah, I want to cook for podcasts. And like, why the fuck are you here? <laughs> like, this is mad money. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yo, like mind your business. Like that ain't about you right now. Yeah, so, yeah. so like I was struggling. I was struggling in school. Like I fucking sucked. Cause I was whack, you know. I'm thinking like, yo, I can cook. Like, yo, give yo, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Nah. You, so like, when you first got in, would you just you were just moving off like your own? I was moving off the fact that like I had watched like five seasons of Kitchen Nightmares and I was ready. <laughs> no, no, pre, no, no pre. I was like, bro, it's light work. Like it's nothing. I stupid. The fact like, that you made it there was enough confidence for you. To uh, the fact that I made it there. And I thought, like, yo, top of the class, like, give it to me already. Let's do it. Like, you know? But, like, I got really awakened because, first of all, mad stuff's in French. Oh, shit. Okay. Mad stuff's in French. Everyone around me is bragging about how they worked here, here. Oh, oh, I'm sous chef here. I've been cooking my whole entire life. Went to culinary high school. I didn't even know those existed. A culinary high high school. school. Wow. So I'm like, classes in high school, but. I've been cooking in my mom's kitchen my whole entire fucking life. Like, what am I doing here? But at the same time, that's when you have to implement. Like, everyone's journey is so different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. So different. Like, everyone there wanted to open a restaurant. Two chef here, working, working Michelin. Me, I was like, because I'm so new, I'm so naive, Mm -hmm. that I don't know what I want to do, and it helped me out so much. Because sometimes when you go into things and you already know what you want to do, you have tunnel vision. You're not trying to see nothing else. Yo, I want to have those expectations. For yeah, yourself. I want to open my own restaurant. Yeah. yeah, you're not trying to hear nothing else. Yeah. yeah. So, me being so naive and me being so new to the the situation, the program, I was like, I don't know what any of this shit is. Mm-hmm. So I'm with it all. You know, I took a fish class and I was like, I want to buy a fucking boat and just like be on that bitch cooking. Yeah. You know, because it's like it's dope. That sounds fucking awesome. It sounds dope, right? Yeah, but like a lot of people were just like dreading classes. There were some classes that were whack. You know, but. For me, it was just like I wanted to soak it all up so I could figure out what I wanted, what I wanted to do. Right. And also, like, for me, as long representation is like I don't want to be labeled as one thing, which is why I don't tell people I'm a chef. Mm. Like, I kind of want to be able to do mad stuff because I feel like we praise so many people that are Renaissance men or Renaissance women that do a bunch of different things. Right. But yet, we don't think that it's attainable. We can do it. I guess it depends how far your reach is. I feel like you need, for me, I'm learning because I like to do multiple things as well. I've learned to focus on one thing at a time. I'm not sure if that's smart. No, you can. I feel like it gives myself more more time to perfect it. And don't spread yourself thin. I'm just saying, like, you don't have to be just a writer. For sure, that's what I'm saying. It's like you don't have to only you don't have to do only do things that correlate to writing. Mm. You can do whatever you want. Like you could drop writing tomorrow and do scuba diving because it's all about like what you want to do. You know, I feel like a lot of times we feel like oh, like. You know, like, I went to law school, so I got to be a lawyer. Yeah. You don't have to do that. If it's not fulfilling, do what you want to do. It comes down to, like, just how, 
confidence, having confidence to do anything, I feel. Yeah. And that's something I definitely struggle with. Like, I bring this up all the time on podcasts. Like, I get strapped on my own head. I get depressed a lot. Sure. And it's just hard. It's just hard. It's hard eliminating those expectations you have for yourself. Aside, aside from any expectations anyone else around has, has you for you, the ones you have for yourself and you don't even get the goals that you set for yourself, it's kind of hard. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you end up disappointing yourself. And I feel like I do that a lot, you know? Like You have to, though. You have to. I know it's supposed to happen. It's hard. It's it hurts. It's not fun. It's not. It's not fun at all. Right. Like, like, uh, yeah, like, I've done stupid stuff. Like, when you know your potential, when you recognize your own potential, you know how great you are, but you still, like, fuck up and you're, or you're not there yet. That's what hurts the most because it's like, I know I can do this. I know I can be, like, number one at this. But when you don't have that, it's just yeah. like. It has to be bigger than you. That's the thing. You have to find something that's bigger than you, like, because, yeah. and also it's find something you like, obviously. But also you have to find. You have to. Can I get more of that sangria? Yeah, I got you. Bro. Cool, thanks. Yeah. My bad. I mean, cut you off. No, you good. Uh, what are you saying? So you have to find something that like um drives you, and like something that's enjoyable. For sure. Like that's for me is like, everything in my life is based around, like what's fulfilling, and what I can use, and what's what's transferable. Cooking is transferable. I can go anywhere and cook. Cooking is one of those things where you don't need to talk to the person and know the language to know how to eat. They can feel your energy through your food. They can they feel it. They don't have to meet you. Yeah. We eat all... You know how times people eat food and they don't know how to say it? Yeah. I'll you know how times people eat food and can't communicate to the person what it is, they just point to it? Yeah. But That's how I was in, when I went to Spain. Yeah. I didn't know anything on that menu, but I just grabbed it. I just pointed it. If it was good. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't give a fuck who's cooking it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you don't care about talking to them. You're just like, yo, this is fire. This is, like, it's good. Yeah. So tell me about your year and a half experience at college. All right, fam. August, so boom. Um, went in there, shaved my face. Shaved my whole face, shaved my head. I was like, I'm going to really do this whole culinary shit. You know, I'm going to be in here shaving yeah. at 2 o'clock in the morning and shit. I can't wait. Going in the first day, fucking dying. First of all, I've never used such a sharp knife <laughs> in my life. Okay. So we're in there cutting fucking potatoes in all different shapes and sizes. Mm. Fucking taking forever. Because I'm like, I've been using my mom's serrated knives in the kitchen. Shit's kind of rusty and shit, but you're still yeah. using it. Yeah. yeah. It, the handle's broken. Yeah. I don't know about none of this shit. Yeah. We're making fucking soup. I never, I, no, stock. Stock, okay. Stock. I don't even know what the fucking stock is besides, like, it comes in a container. Like, so we got to learn all this French shit, learn all this mirepoix, which is basically, like, two parts onion, one part carrot, one part celery. Mm -hmm. Learn all these French terms. Struggling. Struggling because I'm comparing myself to everyone else. Everyone else is flying past me. Were you nervous? Super nervous. Mm. Like, because I have no point of reference. No one else is doing it that I know. Mm. You know, people around me... Just got there like me. Some yeah. people have been cooking for a long time. And you're all put in one class. So you're all, like, struggling to, like, because you're supposed to be a team. But at the same time, everyone's like, yo, like, if they're whack, I'm not I'm not helping you know, them out. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, so. Uh, it was super hard. Super hard. Um, Really, really difficult. Like, uh, I remember, like, I was supposed to, I think I was, like, and I was, Three three months away from graduation. That's what, yeah, I remember. So, I think um, it like sucks to say like I didn't graduate, and I try to avoid like saying that I graduated, but because like it sucks. So like three months away, 
and it's like the unhealthiest place I've been to. Your college, college, super unhealthy. More unhealthy than your, the environment you were raised in. Is yeah, something? super unhealthy. Because like crazy. at least you, at least you can find the outlets to like not be in that situation. Like you, there's people in my area that weren't into like all that stuff. Mm. You can be at home. When you go to colonial school, like that one, a lot of overdoses, a lot of people dying, a lot of drug problems, a lot of alcohol problems, a lot of anxiety, a lot of mental health problems because it's such a strenuous program. Classes are every three weeks. So you're just running through. They don't have time to for you to catch up. You got to get it or got not get it. And also, it's like it's easy to get overwhelmed. So easy to get overwhelmed because because there's so much pressure. Because like there's so much pressure on everybody. The teachers have new students every three weeks. Yeah. So they can't build a connection with you. They just got to get their shit done. They're everyone's being graded. But there's no homework or anything, right? Like there's no. no there's homework. You got to do like you got to study terms and like key terms. You got to study recipes. Mm. You have to study. Uh, the procedure of how to do the recipe. You gotta, you gotta basically make these timelines. It's basically like where you allot your whole entire day from start to finish. What you're gonna do, how long it's gonna take. You create it on that. Like everything's involved with preparation. And then the exam is actually creating the, the, the exam. You also have an exam too. That's just every day in class. You have, oh, to, you have to do that every day. Wow. So it's super difficult because it's like one, you learn it the day before. You do a 30-minute demo, and now you got to do it. Or you see it on PowerPoint, now you got to do it. And now, like, when you get into production kitchens, production kitchens are basically, like, kitchens that serve to the students. Right. Now, like, shit's to order. Now you have to cook so people, your classmates can eat. You know, the rest of the school can eat. So now there's a lot of pressure on you. And the reason why it's so much pressure is because if your kitchen opens late and people can't eat there, Everyone gets in trouble. You get a bad grade. It only affects the entire class. Entire entire class. Shit. So if if your kitchen is whack, like you have a bunch of people in there that can't cook or burning shit, Mm -hmm. you'll realize like no one's coming to eat at your kitchen. Like everything's very, very transparent where it's like, and a lot of kitchens are open. So people are just watching you struggle, just watching you burn shit, just watching you. And they're just like looking at you like, and then you're getting yelled at. And then other people on your team are getting upset at you. Mm. And then you're feeling down on yourself. And not many people are that comforting at that school because everyone's, it's a rat the same race. Same thing as you, yeah. It's a rat race. Everyone's trying to get how they live it. You know, everyone's trying to get to where they got to go. And they feel like if you're holding them back, they can't help you. How did you deal with those moments? What did you, what was like your escape from like the stre- strenuous moments? So, like me, uh, I didn't talk about class once I was out of class. I have a really good like thing about that where like once I'm out of work, I don't talk about work. Mm. Like, so that's what a lot of people do. They'd get out of class, complain about class have meetings to complain about class yeah sit and dwell complain about like everything was resort like around the stress so i would like not stay i didn't stay on campus i lived close enough where that's smart so i like hung on my friends drank wine drank went out to drink did stuff worked out did everything i could and then only when i needed to do the culinary thing then i did mm-hmm. and also like i provided myself around people that did other shit that's my thing it was like if I hung around people that only did culinary, like every day they're gonna talk about chef's table. They're gonna yeah. talk about like, oh, this new Netflix documentary. Like I don't care. I don't care about that right now. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like what else is going on? And you're like, well, like I still so difficult to ask people what do they do besides cook? Because I felt like they were trying to convince me they needed to be there. Mm. And I'm like, bro, you don't gotta. Cook. You're already here, fam. Like I don't care about what like 
how long you've been cooking with your grandmother. But what is that? What is that like? What are they doing that for? Like, is it just because it's a validation? It's a validation yeah. thing because people feel like they don't deserve to be there, and people fake you feel that way. The acceptance letter wasn't enough, but they needed more. Like, no, because people on campus, it's a school. You, you're you're competing with kids from all over the country, for sure. and all and international kids. A lot of Korean kids, a lot of Asian kids, a lot of people from all over. So, and you're in a class with them. Mm-hmm. So. Not very many people are that, like, comforting and understand that you're struggling. It's kind of like people put on this bravado that they're just good at everything or that they never struggled. And that's not, it's not right. Yeah. Because people leave you out to dry. Like, I've seen people let people shit burn, let people shit burn, sabotage their shit. Like. Were you affected by anything like that? Yeah, for sure. And how did you, did, and like, with these people you were, you're a team. So, like. You're a team. You had to communicate. You came like, in at the same time. You only, the only reason why you're there. But also you have to understand, like. Sometimes you're people's first interaction with people from the United States mm, or, people yeah. f- or people from maybe they grew up in a place that's relatively like mostly white people or mostly black people. So you're you're all lumped together. And you have to figure it out. Culture shock. So sometimes they don't know how to communicate. And sometimes like it's a lot of like passive aggressiveness. Mm. Like a ton of passive aggressive stuff. And uh, you mentioned like a lot of people would dive into like depression and like suicide. Yeah. Because like. You're just like you're just drowning. You're just drowning. You got so much work. Right. You don't sleep. It's glorified to not sleep in this industry. You, it's glorified to do drugs. It's glorified to just uh you know be in this hot ass kitchen, just like you know never going to the gym, never drinking water. You drink like drinks Red Bulls and Monsters all day, <laughs> staying up for seventeen hours working these shifts because that's the grind. But it's not healthy, you know. Like health is not input. In the school, like there's a, there's a, a counselor and they're booked. Like they have so many people that come in there and talk to them about anxiety problems, and talk to them about like problems that are going on. But at the same time, like a lot of times those teachers didn't graduate from the school. I think people, <coughs> this the, obviously the goal for everyone there is to graduate and to succeed. Yeah, that pressure, that constant thought, that constant like. Uh, plip, uh, pip in the back of your brain is like I have to graduate I have to graduate that is like has to be poison it's poison but it's just like it's so much stress every day like and the menu changes and like the jobs and the responsibilities right and it's like a lot of stress cause like classes are not normal classes like classes like my first class I had to be there at 5.15 in the morning how long were the classes usually like 3-4 hours the first one I took was like 8 hours oh like an, it's like a shift yeah it's like a shift and then um Right before, so right, I was the week, three weeks after. So kids, you have to come in at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you have to be there at 2 o'clock in the morning to start breakfast shift, which started at 5.30. So you have to be, so you have to prep the whole entire day. My, meanwhile, you have academic classes too. Oh, you have, shit. You have, so, yeah, so it's like, depending on your schedule, like, you may, you may have a free seven hours, but you have, five hours of shit that you have to prepare for for the next day. Yeah. You have essays, you have homework, you have to, this test, you have this. You have a new, you, you're switching menus, you have to learn the menu. You have to run the menu and what you're going to do in your head. And you can't even fucking make it because it's like some shit you don't have. No one has fucking a filet of salmon just on hand they can practice with. So you're going into it, the first time you touch these ingredients, yeah. and you have to like know how to do it. But this is like it's literally preparation for the real world. Like that's it's what it's super that's what it's gonna be like. So I just don't I just I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. 
if I knew I'm getting myself into that, I would try to mentally prepare myself and not let myself be distracted by the stress of it because life is fucking stressful. Yeah. And especially th- this is what you want to do career-wise. Mm-hmm. You have to be used to that. It's going to be even worse. You, you may get no sleep at all. So yeah. I, I, I just... I'm not like a big I'm not like a big drug user, so I just can't really understand wrap my head around the idea of people getting stressed out. Like you wanted this, you know, like. But it's a thing like it's a high dropout rate in my school. <laughs> I believe I bet. Like early, like people go the first day and they're like, "Nah." Fuck did you that. almost drop out? Uh, yeah, like yeah, definitely. I definitely did because I was like, "Yo, like I'm three weeks away from graduating. I'm at like the most unhealthy state in my life." But at the same time, I was like, "You know what, like." This school is dope, but at the same time, they're manipulating us because you... So basically, the school is run by the students. Everything is a student job. Mm. Tours are run by the students. If you go eat at the restaurants, the people who cook the food, it's a class. Mm. People who work on the front, it's part of a class. You're not allowed to accept the tips. If you you accept the tips, you get kicked out. Wow. So you'll see it. You'll be serving a $300 table. And you're not allowed to take none of it. And it supposedly goes to, like, a scholarship fund that you never see. Supposedly. Right. So everything gets run by the students. So you feel exploited because you're free labor. Like, you pay thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 semester to be free labor. Mm-hmm. And you see the amount of tourism comes here. They make so much money. I'm sure it's expensive to run the school, but it's like they renovate more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not for the student. It's for the tourism. Like they they have a tour every day for people that are incoming. You think college students get paid to go to college? Paid? Yeah, I feel like there was like a debate about. I think you should get a like, stipend. Like something like. I think you should get a stipend because I feel like the the rate of college and the amount that it costs. Yeah. It's like, how are you supposed to survive? Like once you get in, like once you get accepted, that's the first hurdle. Right. Now you got to figure out how you're gonna finance it. Now you're going to figure out, like, once, after you figure that out, how are you going to survive once you're there? I feel like what the, the argument is always just be, like, getting experience, like, having a job and balancing school, like, getting that experience of yeah, doing so much. for sure. But that doesn't seem really right at the end of the day, for me personally. Yeah. I just feel like if I, 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 I put the time in, I got my grades up, I put the work in, I should yeah. be able to get something at least every few months to have to survive, you know what I mean? Like, for sure. If I'm going to be there for four years. Yeah, you should. So... um. I knew kids that would like cash in on their uh their refund check. Fuck yeah. yeah. Like but I knew kids that would like uh like I went to community college for a year. So like kids would just like sign up for the classes mm-hmm. and then they would just drop them first day. Wow. And then they would just like try and pocket as much of the money as you could. And then just never uh enroll ever again. You know, hearing your story about, like, I actually have a question that's going to be best want to say this. Yeah. Um, you had me more confident about my decision I was going to make in December about, like, like, with the whole representation thing. Uh, I was planning on going back to school in December. You should. And I was planning to study law. Do uh, it. Kind of more so, like, a, on a par- the paralegal side. Yeah. And I have no interest in law other than the education I'll get from it. Yeah. And my main goal with it is I want to... I want to take what I learned from school. Yeah. I feel like being a paralegal is perfect because I'll be right next to a lawyer. I get as much right, right, information right. as I can. I want to take that information and educate our people, people in general, but mostly our people, so they can defend themselves with like the knowledge sure. that you get from the law. So you can know the ins and outs without having to like Google it and get false information. I'll give right. you facts. Right. I want to set up like some type of class or some shit like that. You should. And hearing your story is giving me more confidence than what it did because I was really on the fence about it. Yeah. And uh, I already have a degree, but I... 
I it's not satisfying at all, you know. Yeah, it wasn't yo, what I wanted, you know. Yeah, do yo do whatever you want, man. Like yeah, that's my thing about like not being like uh, stuck to one thing. For sure, it's like you can dabble in all different types of things, like if you give yourself the time. Like you give yourself a time, but also you allow yourself to. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times we feel like oh, like I already made the decision to be a writer like i can't go back on that like i all my friends will be like yo i thought you used to write like mm. none of my fucking friends knew i was cooking that's what i'm saying like you have to really uh learn how to be alone for sure you have to enjoy it too you have to enjoy it because the people all, you grew up with like they're not gonna be around whoever like yeah you have to like really understand that like yo like this is what i'm gonna do you know what i'm saying like this is who i'm gonna be like your friends are who they are mm. people around you are who they are and also like we do do a lot of, like, flexing and a lot of, like, doing shit for other people to be accepted. We do and that for women all the time. We do that for women. But at the same time, you have to understand, like, you have to really know yourself. You have to take time to know yourself. Because when you're surrounded by people, you are trying to be validated or you're trying to be what people expect you to be. But when you're by yourself, you have to, like, live in those emotions of, like, that you're sad, that you're not confident, that you're insecure. Mm-hmm. And I think as people of color we don't give ourselves the time or allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and I think that we should. And at the same time, like, I think we should seek, like, people that are more emotionally, uh, have the more emotional capacity than we do. I feel as black men, like, uh, crying is looked at as, like, weak. It's like an ego thing. Like, you have to be a man's man at all times. Yeah, yeah, it's still like that. I'm glad I'm not around people like that, but, yeah, it is still around. And it's it's a bummer because I'm I've always been a super emotional person, super emotional person like crybaby or shit. Yeah, crawl with that. And I've always been looked down by my peers because yeah. of that. Um, going back to this college, um, yeah, when you were in college, you didn't you so you you didn't live on campus, so you worked out a lot. Yeah, you had escapes. I had escapes. Like the first couple like months, it was like I was trying to like really just like get my feet planted and like figure out like how to manage all this. But you didn't, like, ever get caught up in, like, depression and stuff like that? Like, yeah, I got so sad. I mean, the first time I cried. First time, right. I, first time I cried because of culinary school. Like, it was just so overwhelming. I was like, yo, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, am I supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. Like, I took all this time to get into the school. Like, is this too much for me? Mm. You know, like, I'm struggling in all my classes. Like, I'm feeling like, you know, people are looking at me crazy. You know, I feel like I shouldn't be here. And I remember it was so much emotional stress. And I was like, I remember, like, I broke down and I cried because I was like, yo, like, like, is this how it's going to be for another year? Yeah. And I remember, like, I cried. And um, I took, like, some time. And I was like, you know what, like, from here on out, like, you have to just, like, understand, like, this is your journey. Sure. So, like, I remember first thing I did was I remember like, I got a note to, like, grow up my hair. Cause you had to like get you have to get a note to like grow out your facial hair and stuff. Wait, you have to get, like permission slip. Yeah, Whoa. you have to get like a doctor's note because like they want everyone to look the same, which is like that's what, fucking weird. Yeah, so you you're not allowed to have facial hair, you're not allowed to have piercing. So I felt like a lot of what made me different was stripped from me because I looked like everyone else. You didn't feel like yourself. I didn't feel like an individual. I felt like just another person in white chef coat. I can't see you without facial hair and bald hair. I know, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's fucking worse. Like, I I don't want to see myself. So, yeah, so, like, I did that. Um, uh, I got my, uh, I had my nose pierced, I had my septum pierced. Um, I wore that out a lot. 
uh, I just took time to like take care of myself. That was the biggest thing. Like I took time to like really just unwind mm-hmm. from school. Like instead of it just being like, all right, all right, like finish class. All right, now go go to the library, study. Yeah. After you study, uh, maybe go eat for like forty five minutes. After that, don't talk to anyone. Do this. Stay up till three o'clock in the morning. That like, I gave myself. I allowed myself to relax, mm-hmm. and I understood that like. You know, I'm not going to keep eating, like, burgers and fries every day. Yeah. I'm not going to keep eating all this shitty food that they serve. You know, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to make, like, better decisions. Yeah. I'm going to hang around healthier people, people that have stuff going on besides the stresses of culinary school. So at least, like, we can escape together. That's my thing is, like, I want to be a person where, like, I come into your life and I don't want to bring you stress. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to be real with you. and But also, I want to allow you to unwind whatever you're going through yeah because that's like my thing because like there's so many people that like you shouldn't hang around people so that okay so like if you're going through something mm-hmm. like a breakup you shouldn't particularly hang around people that are also going through breakups because you kind of enable each other yeah you know you're you're not really helping each other you're all kind of just really emotional you text your ex they text your ex you're all just like i understand you know i'm sad too but you have to find someone who's, like, happy, single, happy doing something else so that you can feed off that energy. That's all you have to do is feed off someone's energy. Yeah, because it's, it's powerful. Some people's energies are just overbearing. Yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. I, um... I lost my train of thought. Not you. <laughs> but, um, I, I just... Okay, so fast forward to the year and a half. Yeah. It's it's done. Were you happy when yo, you graduated? Happiest day of my life. Like happiest day of my fucking life. So weight off your shoulders. Yo, changed, crazy. Yo, shackles broken. Bruh, crazy. So I remember uh I dropped out. I dropped out. I was like, all right, you know what? Like, this shit ain't for me. I wanna experience it. You know, this is like a very remedial part of it, but I was like, I wanna really see what I wanna do. Instead of me being at school and being like, Oh, you gotta go to this class, class is stupid. I'm gonna go eat the cuisine that I wanted to eat. Because the thing about it is, like, the cuisine that I do, like, there was a Caribbean day, and it was terrible. Like, there was no, like, I guess, ethnic food there. Like, it's, like, they base it around the population of the school. French food, Korean food, Korean fusion. Mm. A lot of Koreans, a lot of people really hold French in the highest regard because, like, the top uh, culinary, like, it's the the basis of culinary. I hate that because French food didn't even know that. Uh, it's whack. Yeah. Like I'll be on record and say it's whack. I went to Paris. I had to get a fucking burger to fucking survive. It's not. It's not good. But I the techniques of French food is fire. Like they like really the plating like, techniques. No, or? like the cooking techniques. Okay. So like, it's really good. Like they have really good like techniques. Hmm. But like French food is like a, it's dying out because it's so traditional and they don't want to change it. Yeah. That it's not particularly evolving. And French food. Is particularly mostly like fine dining. The French are not nice people, so they match their food. <laughs> like, uh, the f- yeah, like, but they have really good wine and the baguettes and shit. Like, ba- okay, baguettes, baguettes, and cra- baguettes yeah. and croissants are really good. Their baking is really good. Yeah, but is baking like, cooking considered cooking. Yeah, they're at the school too. I always looked at baking as something just, totally different. Yeah, totally different. Like the, the like because you have to take a baking class as a culinary student. Okay, so different. Like you understand like how. Because cooking, bam, 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 doing to match shit, baking so much patience. So many different measurements. You have to measure me. everything. And, like, when calling in school, you're like, eh, look, look at all that. Like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you don't fucking know. <clears throat> so, yeah, baking's mad hard. 
like super difficult, so much patience. And they run the school, but they get the least respect. Cause, I bet. Because like you see a fire dessert, you're like, yo, how did they make this like thing look like a piece of like gold? Like yeah. you're like, yo, I'll pay five dollars for that. That looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like these little ass portions that you get at the culinary, like Give me tight. They they're good. That that's probably good, but you don't get like the plating. It's so minimalistic, and it's so much going on, and it's such a big plate for the world's smallest portion that you're like, "Does it still worth it?" Like we have a bakery in our school. It makes more money than all the restaurants we have on campus. We have like three or four. Oh shit! Probably mostly around breakfast time, like croissants and stuff. No, they make it all day. Oh, all day. Okay, all yeah. day. Like Sheesh. people, people travel there to come to that bakery. I might need to check that shit out. Apple Pie Bakery. Shout out to Apple Pie. Word. Uh, so you graduated. Did you immediately have a plan afterwards, or were you just in no? The so like, excited? okay. So like, let me get it straight. So like, uh, like I dropped out like three months before I graduated. Oh, you like dropped out before I was to graduate. Gotcha. Uh, and then did I have a plan? No, I had no fucking plan. But I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek out a mentor or seek out something where I can learn, like learn on the job. Because I was kind of learning academically. Mm. I was, I wasn't retaining the information. I was trying not to fail. Okay. So you weren't really like retaining it like, okay, I understand it. You're just like, all right, I got to do it well enough so I don't fail. You know? Oh, so you wanted to give yourself an opportunity I to I want to give myself an opportunity to grow, to grow in that school. In that system, it was like you just had, you had to get it. You had to fake like you got it just so you don't fail the class. Okay. So I gave myself time and I was like, all right, you know, like where am I going to work? And then I ended up like working for the school and I was like, okay, this is a good look. You know, I work for like a pretty big company, hmm. uh, Compass Group. And then I realized it was kind of like the same thing. Like, I'm surrounded by people that, like, their lust for life is gone. Like, they this was just a job for them. So then I left. And I remember I took, uh, I worked there for like four or five months. And then I took three weeks off. And I just, like, weighed out my options. Looked at the city jobs. I looked at, like, uh, watched a lot of, like, TV, a lot of, like, internet stuff. Like, a lot of, like, cooking shows. Oh, you tried to get on the show? Um, So, like... Like chopped or some shit? No, and no, I wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to like, I'm looking to work at Food Network for a little bit. You know, like I'm looking to work for them. Like, um, what people don't know is like, there's chefs behind the scenes that make the food. I did not know, like on particular shows. You're yeah, general. like every show that where they like where they pull out the oven, they didn't make that shit. Like someone is chopped a lie. No, chopped is chopped is real. Okay, I'm, about no, to I'm be talking bummed. about like I'm talking about like. Uh, like, 30 Minute Meals of Rachel Ray, like, that one. Like, she didn't make the food. Like, she prepares it, but, like, you know, she always pulls one out the oven. Yeah. There's like, one. That was so, one that's already perfect. Someone made it. You know what I'm saying? Fucking Rachel Ray. But the thing about it is someone has to be the face of it. Mm. And she's a great person to be the face of it. She's great. She's great. She can cook. It's not saying she can't cook. I'm just saying, like, there's someone that's making it. And I think that's a cool job to have because you test a lot of stuff. You get to cook. Yeah. You're behind the scenes. But that's fine. It seems but, fine for you. But it seems really dope because, like, for me, I don't want to be, like, a world-famous, like, Food Network chef. Like, I don't want to. Like, for me, fame is not something that I want to have because staying low-key. Because the thing about fame is it comes with transparency and also, like, your lack of privacy. Hmm. So, for me, I live such, like, a low-key lifestyle and, like, I want to travel and I don't care about people knowing me. Do you identify as like introverted? I don't identify as introverted, but I definitely identify as a person that enjoys being alone. Gotcha. Okay. Because I think I'm super like outgoing, and I enjoy being around people. But at the same time, 
the same way like that can be emotionally draining so i understand that like i need time by myself yeah so that's that's pretty much why i'm at interesting and have you been applying to like food network and stuff like that or like yes yeah so like i'm like uh like applied to like um this this one in new york well there's one in jersey Mm. so like the girl that i date she was on uh food network for baking Oh, like, oh, shit. Yeah. Sweet. So you guys probably have a tight bond, like, in the kitchen? Yeah, she graduated from Johnson & Wales. Oh, sweet. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yeah. You're a good cook. I've tasted your cooking today. Yeah. I'm sure she's a good baker. Yeah. She can cook as well, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Do you, does she, like, request your cooking? Like, how do you guys go? Do you trade off, like, who cooks? Or does she, when you're cooking the most and you don't want to? No. So, like... Low key, I'm not gonna hold. You. Uh, we eat we eat out a lot, and <laughs> oh, shit. but like she bakes mad good. Like she'll bake like random ass shit. Like she'll make like a uh, like random ass like cinnamon rolls. My favorite chef is David Chang. Yeah, and he's just, he said like in an interview or one YouTube video or some shit. He was just like, I don't even like cooking it for my wife anymore. Like she be begging him to cook and shit. Yeah, he don't want to do it because he put in the work. Like he's a fucking professional chef. Yeah, it's all his restaurants. So I I just figured if I wonder if that was like that for you. Like you no. put in the time, you don't really want to cook. We just talk shit. We oh, stuck yeah. shit like, like why did they give you a degree, fam? Like you're a dead whack, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. But like reality, like she's so much smarter than me. Like for me, like I end up dating chicks that are like super, they're way more educated than me, because the the hunger to learn is something that I think people should adopt. For sure, there's so much to learn. Why would so, you not want to learn? So it's one? like a lot of times, like I'm cool with like I guess on paper where you don't look on the same level. Whether it's like me or like other chicks that I've dated, like they're all smarter than me in the sense of like they all provide me something that I didn't know. You know, like I look to learn from people. Like I don't want it. Like you can look as good as you want. Yeah. But like if I'm not learning anything from you, like it's gonna die out eventually. I've this past year and a half, I've been with my girl. I've learned more about myself than I think I ever have. Yeah, I'm telling you, like you learn so much about yourself because they give you the opportunity to be vulnerable. Yeah, and they don't without any judgment and and also yeah like and also it's really cool to like be vulnerable with someone that you're having sex with yeah like it's so much easier than to talk to like a a therapist or just one like like thing about men is like we lack uh we lack emotional uh empathy for sure like we only see it as what we is what you can get you get out of a relationship they tell you to like get into some other new girl mm-hmm. they tell you you'll get over it they don't give you time to heal. They don't give you time to be alone and not answer the phone. They don't give you like they just constantly want to put you in situations where now you have to adjust. Now you're you're not you're not even over your last relationship. You're not even over that pain or whatever. Now you got to like put all this energy into someone else. Yeah. So they give you a lot of emotional support and also they allow you to understand that like what you think masculinity is isn't what it is. Like I think a lot of times like we think like oh i have to be tough i have to be like this rugged that ain't it fam you know it's not it <laughs> it's and, never been it. and i'm telling you the reason why is like it's not it is because women go through more frustration trying to get you to open up to them yeah than you do trying to be vulnerable mm. you know saying like you try your hardest to be this like rugged person and try to be so masculine but it ends up like tearing down that relationship because this person just wants you to talk to them. Yeah, and that you're not being yourself at that point. You're just trying to keep up this persona of this tough dude. Well, because that's what you think masculinity is. Sure. So it's like I dated a chick that was um, I dated a chick for a long time. So she's like a bisexual and like she's like president of the Pride Club. So like she really explained to me like hmm. about how masculinity is a prison and about how like our identity and how we uh, think masculinity is 
it can like hinder us forever. Yeah. Because if you don't understand that like masculinity isn't just, you know, these bullet points that you have to meet. Masculinity doesn't really ha- it can be fluid. Like you can be into like being outside and into nature. You can be into yoga. Like it doesn't have to be this rugged um super macho thing. Yeah. Like you can be vulnerable. You can allow yourself to explore. You know, and that was one thing that like I really took from her. And that was really cool that like she took the time to like be into it because like I got to be a better person because I was more vulnerable in my relationship now where I understand myself. It doesn't seem like to me that you have anything bad to say about any of your exes. It seems like you've taken a lesson from all of them. Uh, yeah, because that's the thing you have to do is like you really have to like shed that um that pain. Like you have to. Yeah. I mean, of course people are gonna hurt you. You know, and I've hurt people. But you really have to, you have to shed it because that, that weighs on you. Yeah. It weighs on you. And even if you don't think so, you have to. Because you understand that you spent your time with these people. You guys built a bond and now it's over. Mm-hmm. You understand it's over. Like, you can't hate them for the rest of your life. No matter what they did to you, like, you have to learn to forgive. But also you have to understand that, like, you have to dissect every relationship, every situation you're in to see what you can learn from it. Because if you don't, you're just going to end up doing the same thing in the next relationship, the next friendship, the next whatever. There's no growth. There's no growth. So I would never, like, talk bad about them. Of course, there's, like, things that didn't work out and there's things that... But, like, I would never, like, shit on them. Yeah. Because at one point, that was, like, my best friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I owe every bit of who I am today to my exes and my current girlfriend and my mother and grandmother. (laughs) For sure. Like, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for them. Oh, yeah. And uh, so what have you learned from your current girlfriend? Oh, so, like, for me, it's, like, all right, like... um. She's Nigerian. Okay. So there's a lot of, like, um, really strict, like, family values. And that uh, made me understand that you have to do things for your parents. You have to, like, you know, wash the dishes. You have to cook because, like, they sacrificed a lot for you. Yeah. You know, it's all about, like, sacrifices. Do you um, hope to have your own family one day? Like, like. Yeah, but like kids and all that. Yeah, like I like I definitely pride myself on being like uh, a future baseball dad. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. So like, yeah, nice soccer to, dad. Yeah, something something like where I get to wear like a hat and like I get to wear like Under Armour shirts and shit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, but I'm not like looking forward to it anytime soon because the need to travel and experience things and also like kids hinder a lot of things until they're old enough to do their own thing. For sure. So like having a kid. I was talking about this, like, the first 10 years, you only go in places they want to go. Yeah. You know, like, it's difficult. You, like, your life definitely stops. And also, there's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So I'd rather do everything I want to do, experience a lot of stuff, go on these cruises, travel all these countries, rather than try and finesse it with a kid. Mm. And also, like, my mom is really big on, like, me getting married. Yeah. So, like, I'd rather not just be, like, a single dad. As a, as attractive as it is to be a single dad, sounds con- the concept sounds cool, but sounds the process too. sounds rough. But it doesn't. But you know, like I want that healthy type of relationship. So yeah. so there's things you have left to accomplish that you want to do right now. Oh yeah, so much stuff. Like so I'm only 26. Like I probably won't have a kid till like at least like in my 30s. I just turned 27 and um, last Wednesday and um, yeah, happy birthday, man. Thank you, man. And uh, I don't know why the concept of seeing having my own family is getting more and more appealing. Regardless yo. if I haven't accomplished everything, I just want my own, my own. You know, yo, you got that baby fever, man. Like I'm it's telling weird, you, it's weird. It, I don't know. It's not weird, but it's. I'm trying to eliminate, eliminate that word from my, my vocabulary too. Yeah, weird. but um, 
I don't know. It's just different. It's really different. Nah, I think baby I, fever as a man. Yeah, I turned twenty six, and I was like, I wrote on my Instagram like, yeah, I'm in that like baby daddy stage where it's like you know <laughs> like after this like there's no uh, I don't say no casual dating, but like I'm at the stage where like if I did have a kid, like people are not looking at me like oh like you know he's just a young dude like they're yeah. like oh nah that's my baby daddy you yeah. know right. so. So from 26 to 30, four years from now, what's, yeah. what's like your goals for yourself? Uh, goals, uh, travel all over the world. Um, primarily um, find my roots in uh, Trinidad and Belize. Okay. Because I feel like that will be an enlightening experience. You know, a lot of people go to Africa to figure out like their roots and feel at home. Mm-hmm. Um, Africa is cool. More so for like Kanye's trying to do right now. Yeah. Niggas I, lost. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I feel like we could talk about like Kanye for a second. Like yeah. Kanye is... A person who has terrible delivery on what he does. Yeah. But at the same time, there's certain aspects of him where it's like he talks about being a creative and talks about like representation, the sense of like having better art schools and having better education mm-hmm. for people to um, explore that. That's important. You know, I think, I think, I don't think we should put that much pressure as a society on what Kanye does because like, the reality is, like, on a day-to-day, like, he doesn't change anything in our lives. He just makes music we like. He's creative, not smart. He's not doing anything but making music. But also, like, the thing about it is, like, um, Cass from Flagrant 2 talked about it and like, how, like, we shouldn't make everyone an idol just based on, like, just past their talent. Yeah. We shouldn't do that because I feel like all of us don't do the things that we expect other people to do. Hmm. So it's like, you know, instead that's, of... That's a fact. Oh, shit. So that's the thing. Like, you have to look at it that way. Like, of course, everyone gets an uproar because, you know, he's black. Representation matters. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you can't rely on one person. You can't expect somebody to speak for everybody because even we don't do that. Exactly. You shouldn't even be relying on anyone you don't know who doesn't give a fuck about, who doesn't even, who you never meet. Well, like, that's the thing. Is you're, we, you're all you got at the end of the day. Why but, are you relying on Kanye? But I feel like we also have to understand that, like, um, we can't, we have to seek value in ourselves not being celebrities yeah you know you have to that's hot like spice oh it's Taheen. yeah yeah no problem, pa. i got you uh yeah you have to definitely like you have to understand that like just because you're not rich and famous or you're not people don't know your name doesn't mean you don't hold value yeah and that you can't do stuff and change the world uh so going back to your plan you want to travel travel um do a lot of like cooking traveling um be uh graduate uh, like probably go back to school. I definitely want to go back to school, just like cause my mom, like, she got like a master's, like, and she was older. Mm. So I know how important it would be for her to like to see me walk across the stage. Does it, like, for you personally? Does yeah. it bother you that you didn't finish? Yeah, okay. it does. Like, it hurts because um, it hurts because I really wanted to, you know, like I really, I really wanted to, mm. but also like. At that moment in my life, I didn't know if I could, and I and I was unsure about where what I wanted to do and what my place was. So now that I have a better grasp of like who I am, and um, the route that I want to go, yeah, I you know, in fact that I've been in kitchens for a little bit longer, I feel more confident about it. Like it's all about confidence. Like when you first starting something out, you don't want to mess up, yeah, and you're really whack, and it's hard to keep going when you're bad at something. But once you like. Just to get a rhythm, and you're like, all right, I can do this. Like, once you believe in yourself, like, you have to, it's one thing you have to do. You have to really invest in yourself. You have to bet on yourself. 
Always. Like, it's hard to. And you like, yo, this person has a head start. They're six foot three. They got more money than me. Live in L.A., live in New York. But it's like, you have to bet on yourself. You have to. Like, in all situations. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when you're in a relationship, like, there's going to be dudes that are, like, more attractive. There's going to be girls that are more attractive. There's going to be dudes that, like, have my money, more successful, all that shit. But, like, you have to understand that, like, regardless of what this person does, you can't control nobody. Mm. You have to just worry about yourself. Like, just keep growing. Like, people are going to do what they want. You shouldn't, like, a lot of times I think early on people, we did a lot of, um, like, kind of avoiding them seeing other options. Like, yeah. we wouldn't want them to see people that were better looking than us we'd get really insecure about it now that i've like kind of become of course i still do it but now that i've become more secure you're like all right yeah the person's attractive like yeah he's got money and stuff but it's like being a good person and understanding that like that's attainable like you can also have money you can also be that person right is the first part of it if you think you're never going to be that person then like yeah of course you're gonna be like oh like there's there's no way out from here do you believe in God or did, like do you believe in like there was a reason why you stopped and now you're feeling like you can go back more confident more strong uh yeah so like I believe in like yeah like my family grew up like Jehovah's Witness do I'm like super am I super religious no but I believe in like um like spiritualism I guess you could say like being spiritual I, I understand I'm that's what I identify as so more, definitely more spiritual so I don't agree with like all the stuff in the Bible but, like, I definitely agree that there's something out there that's looking out for me. There's something out there that is bigger than me. Hmm. So, like, I definitely feel like parts of my life, like, started and stopped the way they should have to help me appreciate things or help me guide me in a way. Yeah. But um, do I go to church all the time? No. Even though I love T.D. Jakes. Okay. I really like him. Why? Enthusiasm. He makes it, he's like, it's like talking to your uncle. He's just so enthusiastic. And he's just like... It just comes from his like from his soul that he's like talking to you. Certain pastors, they more enthusiasm, the more hesitant and more deceptive. I, I feel like of their their motives. Like when I when I've learned that the money like giving out that that's giving out that was the communion or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that isn't taxed. Like that yeah. made me think of all pastors as fucking scumbags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah, the church is very corrupt, but I feel like um, religions. It's just one of those things where, like, it just gives something to believe in. That's all people want. People want to people want to believe in something. Like, but you what, spoke about believing in yourself, and like, don't you think we should all just do that instead? But I'm saying in the beginning, like I said, it has to be bigger than you. Like, it has to be bigger than you. Like, because that that leads to like you being selfish. Like, at first, in the beginning, you have to definitely do it for yourself. You have to make sure you're good. Yeah. Before you can help anyone else. But then, like, if if something goes wrong, then that gives. I feel like believing God is like as an out. It's like, well, God, you didn't do this. Like, no, it's not. I don't think. I don't think you should blame God. I think you should definitely. But people do that. People do blame God. I don't think it's particularly His fault. But I feel like you have to. You have to have something else that you believe is looking out for you. Yeah. Because, I feel like a lot of times we rely on people, and we're all going through our struggles of not being able to be there for everybody. Yeah. So a lot of times we feel really let down when someone doesn't isn't there for us and i feel like you have to be bigger than you and also because so many people find solace in like religion or spirituality it gives them something to believe in it gives them something to um not particularly fall back on but understand Hmm. like their journey so yeah i I agree with that and i I, again i do identify as more of a spiritual individual Mm -hmm. 
And but I, I do believe in myself more at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, I, you definitely have to. I hold myself accountable for everything that happens. You have to. And I just know whether I'm going to make it or not is dependent on my work, the work that I put in. Yeah, for me. sure. You definitely have to. Yeah. Um. So as far as like so traveling, cooking for more people. Yeah. You definitely. You said you want to come on more podcasts and cook for people. Yeah. So What's like the appeal of podcasts for you? So the appeal of podcasts is um. Like YouTube is cool, but like. I listen to podcasts at work. Yeah. Like, you can't always watch videos. And also, it's like, it's kind of like listening to a conversation. So, like, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are a lot of comedians. They're really funny. Like, but also they get into, like, deep topics, whether it's sports, religion, anything like that. So, like, Joe Budden podcast is Joe Budden podcast just got put onto that, like, a month ago. And I'm like, wow, like, I've really been missing the fuck out. That's my shit. So, podcasts are dope because, one, it's a conversation. Yeah. Like, that's the coolest part about it. But also, you feel like you're there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's times, I'm sure every time, like, people listen to podcasts, they definitely answer. Like, they talk. That's why I started this podcast, because I wanted to be able to openly respond to exactly. what people say when they're wrong. Exactly. And you have to understand that, like, this is a, this is a vehicle for you to get your voice out there and to do whatever you want. Like, this is how, this is how like, we connect to people when mm-hmm. you're not around. Not everyone's going to find your YouTube channel. Not everyone's going to find your podcast. But, like, for me, cooking on podcasts kind of just became a thing. Like, all right, well, I don't know anyone that has a YouTube show. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I like podcasts. Like, they're really dope. So I was like, you know what? Like, any podcast that I go to, I'll cook for them. And, I'll just, and I'll just talk about, like, whatever the fuck they're talking about. I fucking appreciate it because it was so good. And no problem. Bro. So just amazing. Because, like, I, I've never had, I don't have, like, I don't know. The guests that come on, they're promoting themselves. Like, like they're all about themselves. Like, they're not really into, like, the giving other than like what they're trying to promote, like yeah. But you came in cooking and had sangria, like yeah, and put yourself second, you yeah. Know what I mean? So I, I kind of really appreciated that. No, no problem. So like you have to understand, like when you when I cook for people, like it's um, it's like a family thing. You know what I'm saying? Like not saying like you know like everyone they cook for is family, but yeah, it's like it's a comforting thing when someone cooks for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why people appreciate home cooked meals. That's Comes why from the soul. That's why people I encourage people to start cooking. One, not only because it helps you, like, like if you're a single dude, you have to learn to cook. Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling you, like it'll open up so many venues for you. Because if you're constantly realizing that the only way you can eat is based on someone else, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. You spend a lot of money. Yeah. You feel like, damn, I gotta buy something quick. I'm not you need not eating as healthy. And also once you learn how to cook you realize, like, yo, like, I can make so much more shit other than chicken alfredo. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so cooking for podcasts has been my thing because I'm like, yo, like, one, I know you're paying for this. Like, when you first start podcast, like, I know how expensive it is. It's like, a lot of studio time. Like, it's all on your dime. It's not very much that you get anything back until you get sponsorships. Yeah. So how many people are coming on a podcast where you're talking and they're bringing you something? You know what I'm saying? So that was my thing. Like, it may be seem like a gimmick, like, oh, like, I'll cook for you. But it's also like, I don't want to sell. I'm not here to sell anybody anything. Right. It's just like, I'm here just to talk. Just talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, like, you know, I cook and stuff, but it's like, I'm just here to like to talk. It's funny. Like, it's it's kind of hard to, I feel like people drop out of podcasts very early because it's, they expect like certain, like a rep, certain amount of revenue immediately. Like, it's, not. it's hard to do something for free yeah. for a while, you know? And thankfully for me, thankfully for me, I really enjoy what I do here and working to. with this company who I do this with. 
and this is more than enough payment, you know? It makes up for, like, for not getting paid. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't have strangers just cook for me. This is our second time meeting. You yeah. Know? And you cook for me. So, like, it just, it, I just greatly, greatly appreciate it because it's just like, this is a nice gesture, you know? Like, yeah. It doesn't happen like that often, ever. Yeah. And also, like, um, how many like, young black men do you know that cook? Like, that love it? Not, not too like, many like, personally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I went to culinary school. Like, you made it through. Really, I made I made it through. Like I made it through. En- I, I made it through enough that I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah. And I don't let that part that like um that disappointment like affect my life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I'm opening people up to like things that are past like bodega food, past food that we know. Yeah. Like you know, I'm sure people have heard of risotto and like chorizo, you know. But like, have they ever eaten it? Would they ever order it? You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. more like opening people up to like, you know what, like I'm not gonna come in here and just make you like chicken and waffles like most people eat. Like yeah. and make you something that like I learned that like I had to like open my mind to. Because if I think about it, like if you told me like, oh, this is risotto, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like That was my first time having risotto. I've always heard of it. Yeah. But it was really good. I'm good. And um so like I'm asked you before we got on the mic too, like about yeah. starting your own podcast. Yeah. Cause you because you enjoy them so much, I could see you more along the line of like a YouTube like cooking show. I would different recipes each episode. Yeah, I would. Um, I just gotta find a fire kitchen. I feel like my kids <laughs> like I would have a dope kitchen. Uh, podcasts are dope for me. Like I think the video portion of a podcast is really cool. Yeah, so I think that that suffices for me. So like if I did start a podcast, it would just be me like cooking for guests and bringing on people. It's like basically all about representation. Mm-hmm. bringing on people that represent something you know like i have friends back home that are rappers people that are fashion designers and they represent endless opportunities and possibilities yeah so like you cook for them and also like it makes it so much easier to talk to someone for like, sure once you eat once you drink once you have like once you feel like you're in a good space and you're having a good time you don't feel like it's an interview you don't feel like oh i gotta like give the right answer it's just a casual conversation it takes away the pressure and like comfort food. This is a very comforting meal. Like that yeah. relaxation I got. Yeah. After each each bite is like it makes it easier to just conversate without the camera being here. Yeah. All the mics being here. Yeah. Like, it should be recorded, you know. So, um, I d- I think you should definitely keep this up and just see where it could take you. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna Do as many shows as you can. Yeah, yeah, who yeah whoever like if I think like if I'm really like into your content stuff and like you want me to come cook for your shit like I'll definitely like pull up you know because yeah. like. Yeah, I'm gonna. This episode will be out as soon as it probably be out Thursday. This is we're calling this on Sunday, and as soon as it's out, like please, everyone, other podcasters and on Gotham because I know a lot of shows on Gotham listen to this show, this show. Hit them up and get some good food and something because and you're a good dude at the end of the day. Yeah, very thanks. easy to talk to. Seem very chill. I, I didn't have any expectations before meeting you. Yeah, but it was just the fact that last minute, like my co-host couldn't come, and yeah. I thought it'd be. I thought you kind of feel awkward. Nah, you good. But I definitely appreciate you coming on. Nah, no problem, bro. Uh, one thing I did want to ask, like, do you have, what's like your favorite go-to dish? Uh, like your favorite thing to cook. Favorite thing to cook. If you've cooked it yet. Uh, probably, probably curry chicken. Curry chicken. Yeah, probably curry chicken. And um, yeah, I really like that. And what's your favorite thing to eat? Uh, for me, uh, I'd say Spanish food. Spanish food, yeah, like, Spanish food like uh, pernil, uh, maybe like uh, arroz con pollo, uh, tostones, uh, 
all those kind of foods. I really think that that's like super comforting food too. Okay. And I really enjoy that because um, I like food that puts me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's soul food for me. Like Thanksgiving. Like Yeah. So like Thanksgiving is a really great time. Oh, so you're going to be cooking it up this year. Yeah, I'm going to be helping. It's, that's the sucky part about like once people figure out you cook, like now you can never get out of like not cooking. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Sometimes I keep it on wraps because, like, yeah. Sometimes I just want to be like a guest mm. and, like, you know, I just want to not be in here, like, slaving, slaving. Because yeah. sometimes people are like, oh, you do it, like, you cut this stuff, you know, you went to school for it, mm. so you know, like, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, like you, there, okay. So we have like kind of like a recurring question we ask, guests yeah, now, and each other, like when we're all together. Um, this also, I'm kind of flipped because you have a girl, but mm-hmm. this is the nah, do, it, do okay. whatever you got to do. So just say tomorrow, all yeah. social media platforms, you have blue checks everywhere mm-hmm. you have one opportunity to dm one person that you could either work with sleep with Bria miles Bria miles the dark skin chick Bria miles. that's your girl that's it Bria miles what's it about her besides her her her, her figure uh does she have a personality i don't see her i don't talking. know uh i <laughs> i don't know uh i think like i'm like really into like uh like thick thighs and shit like that amen so like really like healthy i guess healthy like um i don't say the word healthy but like Women that clearly um, ain't missing no meals. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the chick that I talked to, like, the chick that I date now, like, I sent her a lot of pictures of Bria Miles because, like, uh, they have, like, similar body types and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's dope. Like, it's not like I'm, like, fiending for Bria Miles, but I think she's, like, super duper, like, fire. (laughs) Okay. And who's one person you DM that you could cook for? Cook for? Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, I would say... The pressure's on. Alan Iverson. Alan Iverson? Yeah. Why AI? Uh, Growing up, like, I had cornrows, and I was short. <laughs> okay, so you went from cornrows to baldy yeah. to hair now. Yeah, okay. now I have, like, a fade, yeah. You've been through it. <laughs> so, like, it would be dope to cook for him, because, like, he's the reason why um everything around him, like, revolved around my life. Like, I went, I was a short dude, played sports. Yeah. You know, um... Every like every number that I chose was like based on like AI. AI like admitted nothing but confidence too at all. Exactly, times. Like, and like he was super exciting, and everyone wanted to be him for sure. Okay, all right, man. Well, it was like, it was good to have you, man. I definitely, I definitely want to have you back, especially with my co-host. Yeah, thank so they you. Can try your cooking too. Um, you want to shout out any social media, anything? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Prosper God. P R O S P R G A W D. Where that'll be in the bio if some of you missed it. Uh, again, thank you so much for the food. The no problem, time. man. Nah, um, I I can't express how much how much I appreciate it. Nah, no problem, it's man. So it's all good. Awesome. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I really appreciate it. If you would leave a review, comment on either wherever you listen to this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, because that would really help and it gives me more motivation to want to keep going. And it's just nice to see comments and see the reception of each episode. So uh, wherever you consume this podcast, leave a comment, leave uh, leave a review. And that's it, yeah? Yeah. Thank pro- you for listening. No problem. Prosper, y'all. Yeah.